You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast for and by Rockies fans on Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast on the Rocky Mountain Rooftop Network, a proud part of the Fans First Sport Network. I'm Evan Lang and joining me as always is Skylar Timmons. Hi, ho. And a special guest for us on this episode, part of the Every Rockies Ever podcast, the other half of the Brothers Timmons, it's Dustin Timmons. Hello, gentlemen. And, folks, we are here for a very, very special day in Colorado Rockies history. And that was this afternoon at time of recording. This is probably going up the day after. Our very own Todd Lynn Helton, number 17 of the Colorado Rockies, who played 17 seasons in Purple Pinstripes, has been inducted into the 2024 Baseball Hall of Fame class. Woo! It's still kind of kicking in, honestly. Like it, it doesn't feel quite real yet. Is it's 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 so exciting. So we're doing just this, you know, quick special episode to talk about it. And um, fellas, I'll open the floor to you. What are your immediate thoughts of Todd Helton being inducted into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, specifically, let's start with Dustin here, since. He, he outranks us both here in terms of his Rockies fandom, maybe, but the el- the eldest Rockies fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I remember I thought about it today. I told a couple of my baseball kids at school and I said, today's today's the day, boys. And they're kind of like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I always forget this generational gap. And so then I forgot about it. I was running some errands. I was at Sam's Club this afternoon and Skyler texted me with. What, which one is the, the Jonah Hill idiot. one just going, ah, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, so I jumped, I jumped on and on Twitter and saw it and, and no joke. I'm, I'm didn't want to cook tonight. So I was waiting for a pizza and I'm standing in line with my cart and tears of joy rolling down. <laughs> he did it. I watched the, the video of him getting the phone call and then watching the thing and here I am, this grown man getting pizza for the family, and <laughs> yes, finally he did it. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was my awkward little, you know, my day to remember of Todd Helton. Then I then I start thinking now I got to do a tribute and and everything that he means to me. But uh, awesome, awesome moment for Rockies fans and for Todd Helton. You know the the Rock. You know he's he's my guy. Mm-hmm. But that pizza tasted pretty good too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's some Hall of Fame pizza right there, baby. <laughs> well, Dustin, you're lucky since you were out and about. You didn't get the awkward moment. We talked about this over on the Locked On Rockies podcast with uh, Paul Holden. But it was during the announcement. No, they announced Adrian Beltre. Get there. All right, and the next Hall of Famer spent his entire career with one team. I'm like, oh, it's him. His hometown Minnesota Twins are like, no. Uh. 
So that, that, that right there, they're just phrasing of that kind of took away because we're like, oh, oh, on the next on the next one. But yeah, so you missed out on that fun little awkward moment. <laughs> and you were you were busy today, so you know, pretty much all day while I was at work, I was thinking about is he going to get in? Is he going to get in? Like this is all I've dedicated my most of my brain to so far today and you know uh, skylar and i we were on the the lockdown rockies podcast a little bit earlier today discussing about this but prior to today i think both of us were feeling a little pessimistic about uh, about todd's odds to get in because he had been dropped from five ballots without really any good reason and we were just like, I, I, I don't know if this is the year because he's just not gaining enough votes. So he was going into yesterday at like net net zero in terms of votes. And then all of a sudden he had multiple ads today and he was up to, you know, at some point this morning he was up to plus three and then he was at plus four. And then all of a sudden the optimism started to creep back in of like he could really he could really get in. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I. Uh, listening to you guys that are into it and talking about, you know, these different writers that don't know what's going on. And so I was there too, watching on Twitter every time a ballot would go up and seeing like, yeah, I like this guy. Once it was dropped, I was just as mad and angry as you guys. But then, you know, this morning, I think I saw one. And, and when I saw him get to a positive, you know, differential, I said, you know, we got this one. He, there's no way he's going to drop down from 82 you know, down past 70 to 74 or whatever. And so I was optimistic all day, but then I forgot about it. But that's an, it's an awesome class that got draft that got inducted. Adrian Beltre and Joe Maurer and uh, Todd Helton. Like, holy cow, that's, that's a squad right there. That's a, uh-huh. that's a solid infield. You know, yeah. <laughs> This is a this is a really good induction class. I'm I am a little bummed that Gary Sheffield and um, Billy Wagner did not make it into this year's class. You know, Sheffield unfortunately falls off the ballot. This was his last year. He got something like sixty five percent, and um, Billy Wagner will be on his final year on the ballot next year, and he got just below the threshold. So I I feel like he's got a really good chance next year, mm-hmm. but you know he's got some competition there in terms of voting, but, you know, Adrian Beltre, an incredible player, over 3,000 hits, almost 500 home runs. He had 477. I was talking with my uh, my friend today who's a Rangers fan, and I was saying, you know, if he had played maybe one more season, he probably could have gotten to 500 home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Joe Maurer, and a truly incredible catcher in an era where we really don't have a ton of incredible catchers. Uh, both really deserving, but it's still just to me, Todd Helton finally making it in. And I want your guys' opinion on this because this is something I'm thinking about. I know that Joe Maurer is incredibly deserving, but is it a little bit frustrating to have Joe Maurer get in on his very first ballot and it took Todd Helton six years? Yeah, you can you can go. I can go along with that train of thinking because, yeah, we, we have Todd Helton has to serve because of where he played. No, he was drafted and stuck with his one team, but because he played at Coors Field, he had to wait around longer and get scrutinized more. Whereas Joe Maurer, oh, super happy for him. I was glad that he, no, very deservedly so. Who cares if they're a first ballot or a 10th ballot? They're a Hall of Famer. And, 
know, it's nice that he gets that recognition and can get in on that first ballot. Yeah, it, it can be a little, <laughs> it's a little annoying. Just like, it, he didn't have to face that same scrutiny that like Todd Helton did in those other extra variables where I'd, you'd see people on MLB Network, Joel Sherman, I believe Joel Sherman voted for him. Didn't vote for Todd Helton, but he voted for Joe Maurer. And he was like, how, how is Joe Maurer not like 80% type of stuff? Oh, and it's uh, it's just perception, I think, from the writers. And just Todd Helton played on a bad team in a weird time zone. And all these writers didn't really want to pay attention to him. I think, I think what frustrates me most is those, there's those guys on the – on the ballot that you know he's a Hall of Famer, and so for Joe Maurer to be in his first his first ticket, I'm I'm good with that because he is a Hall of Famer. He doesn't, and that's what I hate about it is, you know he's a Hall of Famer. Why are we debating and and, and we're doing campaigns for these guys? Joe Maurer was the best catcher in his in his time frame. I think it, I think of the catchers at that Buster Posey and Joe Maurer. Those were the those two catchers that just held these franchise together and, and pushed them to success. Hmm. And you know, so, so I'm happy. I, I love the Minnesota twins and Joe Maurer, but I'm, so I'm not mad, but I'm so glad that finally people are getting over the Coors field stuff. Cause I've, I've, I've thrown fits about what about the players at Boston that have the, the green monster. How many doubles are they hitting off the wall that would be regular fly balls elsewhere? So, you know, all those kind of things and, and that East Coast bias. But uh, I'm just glad we, we're not really going to have to worry about any Hall of Fame voting for Rockies probably for a while. Sadly. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, I will quickly mention, so uh, there are four former Rockies on the ballot for next year to be expected. Um, that is going to be Mark Reynolds, Ian Desmond, Troy Tulowitzki, and uh, Carlos Gonzalez. Of those four, Tulo's probably not going to get kicked off in the first round of voting. Probably. There will at least be more discussion about him. And I think Cargo's also got a really good shot of at least staying on the ballot. Um, I don't think either of them eventually get inducted. Um, but you mentioned, you know, you mentioned the the stigma of course field. And I, I think about how a lot of people who, who didn't vote for Todd Helton, they justified it with course field. A lot of them are those East coast writers. Uh, I think 20 of something like 20 ballots, uh, that were submitted were from writers on the East coast that didn't have Helton. And then you have the guys, Dustin, I really like you said, it's like, you're either a hall of famer or you're not. And that's what's so frustrating is like you had guys, you had five guys who had Todd Helton on their ballot and they dropped him without really any rhyme or reason. And it's like, so what happened between last year and this year that make you suddenly think, oh, he's not a Hall of Famer anymore? Mm -hmm. I think the big thing, too, is why we have those campaigns and things and and these debates and arguments, because it's good, healthy to have debates on guys. But it, it. the reason we have to have those is because of those that are, I guess I don't want to say ignorant, but they refuse to do more of that research and really dive into things you know, and do their homework. 
where that's where we saw with a lot of those old school writers, old guys over on the East Coast and on the West Coast that didn't want to vote for Helton is because they have misunderstanding of who he was as a player because they look at they just look at the numbers. Oh, you hit 350 at home and only 281 on the road. Awful. What an awful player. But then you think he did what at home and then still did like <laughs> pretty dang good on the road. Like you're criticizing him for being too good in one place and not the other type of thing. Like if he had hit 310 at home and then still the 281, do you think they have that same argument against him? I actually think they would reverse it where they would say, and we've seen this a couple times. Why didn't he do better? Some writers say well, he didn't hit better at Coors Field. Yeah. He didn't hit enough home runs for playing at that place, <laughs> John yeah, Heyman. For, for being a first baseman at Coors Field. And we've talked about this a lot recently is that, you know, once the humidor was installed and, and yeah, Todd Helton did have a couple seasons with the humidor, but the ball doesn't really fly off the bat the way that it used to. And, and I've said this time and time again, it's less that if Coors Field was really this, this incredible magical place where every hitter was amazing, why could nobody else do it the way that Todd Helton did it at home? And why aren't the Rockies churning out hall of fame hitters left and right? Cause they're not, the Rockies are, bad and their player development's largely been bad but it's the same for on the road where uh, you know I, i've said this as well course field is less of a blessing for hitting at home but it's more of a curse for hitting on the road because it makes it so much harder to hit on the road and despite that todd helton was a fantastic road hitter where it's been brought up time and time again that his road numbers alone in his career 287 386 469 with 142 home runs and 207 uh, 271 doubles an ops of 0.855 those are better than the career numbers of some guys already in the hall of fame mm -hmm. so it's nice to see what he played at coors <laughs> It's nice to see Todd finally get in. Mm -hmm. um, real quick before we take a short break, what are your guys' thoughts on does this finally, now that there are two Rockies Hall of Famers, and Todd Helton especially, dispel or at least make better the Coors Field factor in terms of Hall of Fame voting? It'll, it still helps, but it just depends on whoever the next, I guess, big... You know Colorado Hall of Fame candidate is that like has a legitimate shot because it, even Matt Holiday falls off the ballot after you no know, his first year gets one percent of the vote which should have gotten more but who knows how years down the line when we kind of have can have that conversation again because they're not going to talk about it with Tulo really oh it'll come up with Tulo and and Cargo obviously. But I don't think it'll be as, as much as a factor as it would when they're highly scrutinizing somebody who is on that bubble for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and it, I, looking forward, I think the only guy that will probably keep going past Tulo and Cargo, the next guy after he retires will be Chuck Nasty. And I don't think that'll ever be brought up that, you know, because nobody looking at it, nobody at that caliber of Todd Helton. Production. Mm. And what he what he did as a player, you know, the the 2000 season and stuff like that. So I I just think that 
they'll just go back into the back in the garage like they they've been the last few years and nobody will really bring it up unless we get that superstar that just blows up Mm -hmm. definitely uh we're gonna take a really quick break and when we come back we will keep talking todd helton in the hall of fame so don't go anywhere we'll be right back Thanks so much for sticking with us through that break. Uh, I'm Evan with Skyler and Dustin Timmons, the brothers Timmons from every Rocky ever. Um, On this very special episode of Affected by Altitude, we are celebrating and discussing the long-deserved induction of Todd Helton into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. And sort of resuming where we left off, it's really just talking about how special a player Todd was, how unique a player he was. He was a truly excellent first baseman. Um, during a time where, you know, defensive first first basemen weren't really, you know, particularly common, and he was a very good defender. Now, of course, you're always going to take a, a hit with the metrics when it comes to defensive first base, but it, it can't go without saying that Helton was an excellent first base defender. But then you roll into just how good of a, a hitter he was. And, mm-hmm. you know, fellas, People all the time say, oh, well, he didn't hit enough home runs at Coors Field, despite the fact that he still hit 369 career home runs. But as we've said time and time again, where Todd Helton excelled was as an extra base hitter, as a doubles hitter, a prodigious doubles hitter. He has the 20th most doubles all time in all of Major League Baseball. And I have this uh, this stat from uh, Helton Hall of Fame on Twitter. It's at TH17HOF, where we're looking at the Rockies career total bases leaderboard. Number one is Todd Helton with 4,292. Number two is Charlie Blackman with 2,771. And number four, if you turn every one of Todd Helton's extra base hits into a single, is Todd Helton again at 2,519. This dude got on base and you know i just want to hear you guys talk about you know your thoughts on just what an incredible hitter todd helton was his ability to get on base his ability to avoid striking out i think for me because no i mostly paid attention to todd helton in those last little few years from like 2007 to the end of his career and so it was when his power was diminishing his back was is hurting him and so what stuck out to me always was was the doubles of yeah he wasn't hitting home runs but he's slapping a double in the gap and no he's what 26 he's in the top almost top 20 all time in doubles type of thing which nobody ever talks about but he he wasn't he was that opinion of like he wasn't trying to hit home runs home runs just happened to occur because of the the pure hitter that he was and i think something that gets pointed out a lot is just his ability to to eat away at a pitcher and then at bat wasting pitches really keen eye at the plate and going no five six seven eight sometimes even 11 pitches deep in at bat and then bloop drops a double somewhere or something like that so that's what i always remember is just this pure hitter at the plate that as he got older yeah the power wasn't there as much anymore but those abilities to hit still were. And I think that was the true testament to him as a hitter. He was a complete all-around hitter that just happened to be able to hit home runs too. Now, I got a, I got a real quick question because this popped on his plaque. He's going 
Babyface Helton or Goatee Helton? <laughs> goatee. <laughs> uh, half and half. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those that was like, I hated his goatee because that just, for me, was like, he's old. And, and that's, I feel like that's when the injuries started, the back injury and stuff. Because in, in that 2000s, the early 2000s, where he's batting over 330 every season, you know, he was just a monster. And that upright stance that he had, and it was just something different. The high socks when he first came up, and he was just total control all the time at the plate. And you knew he was going to put, you know, good approach and put the ball. That's what made him so good is looking at the gaps, his spray charts, getting guys on base, and Todd Helton will drive him in. He was just so fun to watch. And he wasn't – and we think of those times, we're talking Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds and all these guys that were just absolutely raging huge. And Todd Helton was there, the, you know, the, the Tennessee boy, just boom, in the gap, getting on second base. And he was, he was just – if I was a lefty, he was the guy I'd always want to be. You know, that, that same stance, uh, that just like I said, the approach, calm and collective. And it's like he already knew what pitch was coming, it seemed like. He just had that knowledge. All right, this is the count. I know what's coming. And waited for it. And ping! He wasn't one that was just pull happy. Never in his career was he that. I always think like the only home run I saw him turn on was the one against the Dodgers. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, he was just always like, if it's outside, I'm just going to go with it. And that's what made him so effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like every single highlight I see of him, it's always a, a ball shot the other way, the opposite way. Like he could get an inside out swing to just push it the other way. And like, especially in an age where a lot of guys get pull happy and everything. No, Helton uses the whole field. Which is a just another Hall of Fame trait. He wasn't as predictable. Like you could know what he can do at the plate, and they still didn't know how to attack him a lot of the time. He could reach anything. And you were you bring up like you, you know we're choosing between goatee Todd and babyface Todd, and I think so many people <laughs> say goatee Todd because he you know goatee Todd is when you saw a lot more like highlights. You were you were at the advent of the internet, and more people had like cable and everything like that. Yeah. And, you know, the, the single most iconic moment in Rocky's history, though, is Goatee Todd. But you look back at Babyface Todd, especially 1998 rookie season Todd Helton, <laughs> where I still hold he probably should have won rookie of the year that year. And he almost did. He just barely got beaten out by Chicago Cubs pitcher Kerry uh, Wood that year. But he won the rookie triple crown where – of all rookies, he was the best hitter, and he was amazing that year. Where in 1998, he hit 315, 385, 30 with 37 doubles and 25 home runs. He drew 53 walks and struck out 54 times. This is a 24-year-old rookie showing incredible plate discipline and just putting up a truly excellent rookie year, and he didn't win rookie of the year and he should have 
If if Kerry Wood wouldn't have had the twenty K game, it's his award. Mm-hmm. Because like the rest of Kerry Wood's season, in my opinion, and not not to hate on Kerry Wood, because I like Kerry Wood, is fairly unremarkable. Like it's that he hit the he hit two he had two hundred and thirty three strikeouts to eighty five walks, but his WHIP was one point two, his ERA was three forty, uh, in one hundred sixty six and two thirds inning pitch. Like he was a good pitcher, but uh-huh. I really do agree with you. It's like it's that twenty strikeout game that pushed him over the edge, and then you have the other the other Helton robbery season, which is not talked about nearly enough is that in 2000 Todd Helton put up one of the best single seasons we've ever seen and finished in like fifth place in MVP voting course. So Todd Helton led the league in hits with 216 in RBI with 147 led the one, the national league triple crown hitting 372 463 698 with an OPS of 1.162. He had he was the leader in wins above replacement for all MVB candidates at 8.9. And yet for some reason, Jeff Kent won MVP. And Jeff Kent had a good season, but Helton's season was awe-inspiring. It was one of the and this was babyface Helton, one of the best seasons by any Rocky. Ever one of the best seasons by almost any player ever, and mm-hmm. he got snubbed. And I that's part of it is that that Coors Field me- mentality, and of the Rockies being a, a smaller market team in a weird time zone that baseball writers don't want to talk about. And the Rockies <laughs> haven't done much to help that by being so bad through most of their history. But it, it's players like. Todd Helton, who could be great. I think he's that benchmark of you can be great in Colorado. You can be drafted by this team and be great. And no, a lot of that's natural born talent and his, his skills he already brought to the table, but he, he still thrived and, and understood the environment he played in. You know, he conquered hitting on the road most of the time. You know, he, he, is the epitome of what it means to be a successful Colorado Rocky. And there's been other guys that have kind of followed in that path, but none to the level of Todd Helton. Of his consistency of being on the field. You know, he was always ready to go. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until the last couple seasons that he didn't play 150 games or more. You know, there's, a couple of you know a couple little blips but he was he was consistency in all aspects of the game and one thing i always wish that we could have seen was a todd helton pitching relief <laughs> you know getting a pitching appearance because <laughs> he closed games at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. he had a pretty good arm mm-hmm. that was you gotta always be to something. be a quarterback yeah that's always something i've wanted to see with superstar stat, that was never going to happen. Yeah, but I love I love you bringing up his durability because you look at his games played, and from 1998 to 2000 through 2007, he played at least 140 games every single season and played at least 150 games in all but two of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a dog. He got that dog in him. <laughs> 
and, and something that I wanted to add on here that I was just thinking of and watched it in that, uh, I love that the Rockies are going all in on just using Peyton Manning <laughs> to <laughs> talk about Todd Helton. <laughs> but, uh, in that video that they posted that, uh, that, uh, Peyton Manning narrated the thing that always stuck out is that he did all that with just extreme humility. And I think that's the thing that always sticks out to me about Todd Helton is he's just kind of a quiet guy that did, went to work, did his business, you know, very humble, was never full of himself. No, was never so he like he he had that he had that opportunity to be traded to the Red Sox uh, before the 2007 season. But instead came to the ownership like, no, I, I think we can win here. I want to be here. Now, it would mean mean more winning in Colorado than somewhere else. And then we see what happens because of that. Or when he kind of restructured his contract a little bit to defer his money in those last couple of years to you know, just help bring some financial relief to the team and during a contract extension and what the, the team wanted him to retire as a Rocky. And he's like, yeah, okay, let's do it. And made things work. And, and so it, just everything he did was no, not to no, aggrandize himself, large himself, but really just to do what was best for the team and for his teammates. And that's how he carried himself throughout the game. And I'm oh, just quite that guy that went about his business. Definitely. And you think about like all the rumors that we had and like the, the mid to end of his career, it's like, Oh, are we going to trade Todd Helton to the Red Sox? So are we going to, but he, he did, he stuck it out. And there is, I don't think there's ever going to be another lifetime Rocky that plays that many seasons with the Rockies mm-hmm. where he came up when he was 24 and played every season for 17 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, you're our runner up for Mr. Rocky, Mr. Career Rocky is Charlie Blackman and Charlie's Chuck's got what? 11 seasons. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, 30, he's like 38 years old. <laughs> and so yeah. that's, that's, what's amazing about Todd Helton. And, you know, there's never going to be another Todd Helton. Mm-hmm. He He's just that special. And that's what makes today such an amazing day for, for Rockies fans. Yeah. And, and there's a quote, it looks like it must've been a quote from him today. You no, know, during his press conferences and stuff. He says, this is validation. Everything I've done. It really did happen. It was good enough to make it to the hall of fame. You know, even he had those doubts in himself and everything, but oh, yeah, it is validation for not only him, but for the Rockies organization, for all the fans, you know, the fear of the three of us talking and all the fans on, on social media, this means a lot to a ton of people. You now it's, it's silly. It's just a game of baseball and he's just some guy from Tennessee, but it's more than that. And that's the beauty of baseball and sports in general is those deep connections we have with, with you know, these athletes, with the sport and with the teams that they represent. You know, I, I got a little emotional. I saw Kyle Freeland's post. And I just copied him and used the same picture. But he said, we always knew you were a Hall of Famer. Now it's validated. You know, it's official. And it, like he said, we we live through them. You know, they're the guys in the grind. But it it it's kind of funny. It's It's a simple game. But it means so much to us. And 
player like Todd takes you back to special moments in your life. And now that he's in the Hall of Fame, it it is validation to us. Like all that emotional investment that we had for this. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a special special time, and it's cool to see him with his daughters there and because that was always a big thing is you know his girls um when he's when he's with the rockies and it's a really cool moment i was just disappointed too that he wasn't wearing any spongebob <laughs> nascar shirt kind of thing oh i don't think you're i don't think anyone's ever gonna live up to that larry walker in his spongebob shirt with his little dog <laughs> but he was wearing he was wearing a purple pullover yeah wearing his work shirt probably and being like anybody else that just wants to get off that phone as quickly as possible (laughs) relatable (laughs) and then his little phone flip after he hangs up he does a little phone flip good stuff there's a little fist pump i think that was the best part Sitting there on the phone call. Yeah, because I like how he didn't put it on around. speaker too. Yeah, he turns around to his family, who's all like off on the other side. And he's like, and then they all start to cheer. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, and that's what we love and expect out of Todd Hilton. Those rare instances of emotion, and when he does show it, it's probably going to be a little not as much as you'd think. But really. I mean, what else is there to say at this point other than a, a firm and, and incredibly heartfelt congratulations to Todd Helton. We are so, so proud and so, so happy over this moment. Uh, the Rockies have announced that on August 17th against the San Diego Padres, they will be honoring Todd Helton at that game. Um, here's hoping that they put that uh fancy little gold ring around his number like they did for Larry yeah, they will. and they need to do for Jackie Robinson if they're going to go down that route. Mm, I still don't agree with that. Um, but it, it's that and you know start building that statue Dick Monfort. Yeah replace that statue they have out there and just put a Todd Helton one. Yeah the the weird nondescript baseball guy with the Branch Ricky quote. Yeah put I think you can keep that. Just move it somewhere and don't yeah. put it in like a disused parking lot like they did with that. Uh, the baseball arch from gate E. <laughs> I'm still mad about that. They kept saying, oh, we're going to relocate it. Whatever. But let's not. Let's not. This, this is a joyous occasion that <laughs> mm-hmm. our first baseman, Mr. Colorado Rocky, is getting a plaque in Cooperstown and will be inducted this July. Along with his former manager. Jim Leland. We'll have you arrested for impersonating a baseball player. We'll have three Rockies in the Hall of Fame. There you go. But that's uh, that's going to do it for us here on Affected by Altitude. Thank you so much for joining us for this special episode. Uh, Dustin, how about you tell the folks where they can find you at? Well, I'm more of a, of a TikTok guy. I got to be with the youngsters. <laughs> But uh, all of my handles everywhere are at Mr. T Spanish. Mm-hmm. Being turned into a sweaty high schooler playing Fortnite. Yep. <laughs> like a nerd. Hot Helton skin for Fortnite when? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you can find me over at sideline underscore crowd over on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow us at every Rocky ever. 
and we'll plan out eventually we'll get to that Todd Helton one with maybe close to do induction in the summer or just at this point it's kind of just gathering stories from people because that would be an episode we want to make sure is special yeah that's the one where you got to do you got to do all the legwork for it yeah uh, you can find me on Twitter and threads at Evan underscore Lang 27 at blue sky at Evan Lang 27 dot BSKY dot social. And you can follow us on YouTube and Twitter for Rocky Mountain Rooftop at Rocky Mountain Rooftop. That's at R-O-C-K-Y M-T-N Rooftop. Stay tuned to purpleroad.com. We're going to have a lot of Todd Helton stuff coming out over the next couple of weeks. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Congratulations to Todd Helton. The Todd Father. He was sitting like the Todd Father too when they were doing his interview. <laughs> yeah, when the video pops up, he's sitting there. Family behind his shoulder. He's got this big shelf, his Tennessee helmet right above his head. And then he's got two bases from games. Somebody's he's just like sitting there, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's our Todd Father. But that's going to do it with us here on Affected by Altitude. Uh, Dustin, hit him with it. Farewell. Beautiful. <laughs>